With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. My understanding is the delay, if you even want to call it that, in Kevin O'Connell and the Vikings finalizing the deal has nothing to do with the Rams. It is still on track. It is still expected to happen. It just has not happened yet. From what I understand, they plan to have a press conference Thursday. Uh, the Rams have the parade on Wednesday, so they don't want to fly into Minnesota, flying back to the parade, then flying back. So they're going to do it all on Thursday after the Rams parade. I don't know. I mean, Judd's been <laughs> panicking. Why hasn't Kevin uh, O'Connell calm signed? Calm things down. Why, calm things down. Why does it Kirk-like. So why, by no. the way, this is Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. Our guy Alex Boone in the hey. house played in the NFL, played in the Super Bowl, 10-plus years, played for the Vikings. Uh, Purple Daily presented by Surly Brewing Company and TCL, one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands with a new lineup of award-winning TVs, delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. I don't know. I mean, until he signs that. Why can't he just, like, do the, you know, people are signing online documents now. Can't he just do DocuSign? DocuSign. E-sign this. No yeah. big deal. <laughs> totally just great. text him a picture of the claims. contract. He can just sign it on his phone. Of these four people in this state who are persecuted, who are constantly <laughs> nervous. It's bad enough, okay? Kevin O'Connell, a.k.a. The next Lombardi and Bill Walsh will be here soon enough. Yeah. <laughs> enough, Mackie. Yeah, Mackie. Yeah, fanning just, flames yeah, know, of man. fear. Just seems a little odd. That's all I'm saying. Oh, Judd, well, Judd insinuated that the lawyers are preventing for, like, if there's some tragedy in the next 48 Tony, hours. I said that. Judd. These guys don't get that. You don't announce a contract until it's done for fear of lots of, of things. <laughs> hey. it, Including if said player dies on the way to sign. No, I think it was the Josh McDaniels thing that everyone's like, we're going to wait until it's officially signed and set in stone. Remember when he took that job in the Colts and then like the next day quit? And yeah, I think they were kind of left feeling kind of stupid. But well, didn't well, he? He also like he hired a yes. full staff, and then so those yeah, guys, those I'm guys out. leave. Those guys leave their jobs, and then and then they lose their jobs because the old teams. So they just like half those guys just like didn't have a job. Dude, that's such a Belichick <laughs> thing to do: go somewhere and then just leave. Just peace out. You got the Jets. I know, right? <laughs> Get it? <laughs> I already did it once. Yeah, he did it. I love it. Him. So, all right, let's. Uh, there's so we're gonna fire someone's ass later in the show. Here Ooh. is all kinds, which of is things. gonna be interesting because if you're gonna fire somebody, mm-hmm. it's gonna have to be for a really good reason because mm-hmm. that game. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Super Bowl, right? Like, 
That was a fun game. I mean, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. Your future coach was in it, and he did some amazing things. His team played really well too. I mean, well, that's what I was excited because you know before the show, I'm like, you going to talk about Super Bowl, Kevin O'Connell offense, and you said we're going to talk about Kevin O'Connell's offense in the Super Bowl, dude. It was insane, and because we do, I do the pregame show for Sirius, and so doing it with Amber this last like two weeks and all the things that we got roped into doing it with, like you got, it was one of those games I was really excited for because the matchups on both sides of the ball, and it was kind of like. The Rams are going to have to get really creative, and they did. And they kept it to this, like, nickel offense and the way that they went oh. out and attacked it. And they tried to run the ball. No, don't get crazy yet. Don't oh, get Not yet. There's more. There's more. There's more. But, they're, you know, the way that they go out and they attack these defenses and the way that they can scheme them up because the Bengals were good at stopping the run. They got some really good interior guys, so a lot of it was like, hey, let's stay away from these guys. There are times where I feel like you have to attack them, and they did. But like, unlike a lot of teams who would have tried to cram the ball in there 40 times, they were like, nah, let's just continue to spread people out because that wasn't one of their things that they had done all year. They had normally like started to bring people in. And then in this game, it was like, no, 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 let's go back wide again. And it was just so interesting because you saw it on both sides of the field, too, because they came from the Sean McVay tree, which was fun to watch. So, all right, let's let's call this then. We're going to call this part two. Last week, if you guys missed it last week, Alex gave us casual football fans a deep dive into the Kevin O'Connell and Sean McVay offense. And... The quad bunches to the left, yeah, isolating night. a tight end to the right. So oh, and Higby didn't play. Oh, and when Tyler Higby didn't play, that's when I really was like, man, they're gonna have to get creative because if a lot of that four by one was Higby backside, right? You look back there and you think, okay, it's tight end. Our corner will do damage against that. But then you forget that tight end's physical. He's quick. He's fast. He's like Julian Edelman like. All of a sudden, that puts these teams in a real bind. He goes down. What they start doing? They started moving Cooper Cup out there. They started moving Van Jefferson out there. Like. Dude, the way that they just – it's like they're almost trying to see who's the best matchup. Ah, we like you out there, but let's try this one instead. And it's like, dude, they're so creative. And you see Matt Stafford constantly looking around, where's my matchup? Where do I want it? Where am I looking? Cooper Cup, once again, against linebackers. Dude, it's it's the way they so, draw these offenses. Pull them up. Let's we're gonna, see. Hold on, hold on. We're, we'll no, we'll, pull, we'll pull one up in a second. We'll pull one up in a second. We got, <laughs> don't, <I> look, <laughs> don't stop it. No, <laughs> no, hold on. Man, I have a couple questions. I have a couple questions, okay? Just call uh, it. Everyone, just, everyone yeah. call he'll down. Your, call he'll down. your questions when he okay. feels like until then he's going to go. <laughs> Let's go. So, so oh, we're, yeah. Boone sent over a handful of, of, of <laughs> screenshots we're going to show you here in a second for the YouTube channel. But I have a couple questions. So one of the biggest things we've heard about Kevin O'Connell on the concern side is, well, he doesn't call plays. That it's, you know, Sean McVay is the one that's the mastermind. He's calling the plays. Now, McVay's on the record saying, well, Kevin O'Connell is very much involved in just Matthew Stafford discussions, molding him, molding the scheme. Clearly. How much does play calling matter compared to everything else during the week and the offseason when it comes to scheme building and communication and all those things? The thing is, like, by the time the game happens, the plays are already on the sheet. They're already listed. They're numbered. Like, you go in Sunday night, you know the top five third downs for third two to three, four to six, seven, nine, ten plus. Like, you, if you asked a player that was paying attention in a Saturday night meeting what the game plan was going to be, he could list off 75 plays. He could list them all off. He'd be like, this is exactly what it's going to be because this is what they told me it was going to be. Like, they're very transparent. And I think that when you look at this offense, the one thing that's so fun about it is – there are times where it's all the same. 
Like he marries the run with the pass, which I feel like as a player always made it easier because then it kind of shortens the playbook down. You know what I'm saying? And it's so much easier to get into these situations where you're like, man, are they going to run the ball? Are they going to throw the ball? I'm not really sure. And then all of a sudden it ends up being a play action. So it's kind of both. And you're like, man, this is, this has to be so fun yet easy to call because everything looks the same. And at the same time, it's either I'm going to hand it off or I'm going to throw it. So that makes it easier. But at the same time, I get why a lot of people are like, oh, you know, you've never called plays. Eventually, you're going to have to do it. And eventually these coaches don't want you to have that play calling ability, like especially a guy like Sean McVay. How could you relinquish your duties as the play calling when you're considered one of the greatest play calling masters? Like you're just like, no, I'm going to take a back seat. Like Kevin O'Connell didn't really have a choice. Sean McVay was like, listen, you're in my offense. I'm calling the plays. Now it's your turn to spread your wings and fly. And this is the whole challenge of it, of a, he's never called plays. This is a real situation. But I think what's great about it is, Matt Stafford threw an interception in that game, and they went to the sideline, and they showed three guys for a long time talking. And it was Sean McVay, Matt Stafford, and Kevin O'Connell. And after a couple minutes, Sean walked away, and Matt Stafford and Kevin O'Connell kept talking. And I found that very interesting because the way that they were talking, everything just seemed so calm. And you're in the middle of the Super Bowl, and instead of everyone being like, yeah, man, we got to go, everyone's just like, yeah, dude, that's okay. Don't worry about it. I know, right? Like, they're all just kind of laughing around. And it's like, that's kind of why they're going to win the game, too. They took a little bit of the Bengals mentality of like, hey, whatever. It's okay. And it's like, it's who they are naturally. And then when you see it on the sidelines and you see it transfer back over into the game, because all of a sudden, then Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup just went off together. And they were like, no, no, dude, this is our show. This is our house. This is our dance. You're not taking this from us, which was also fun to see, because then you see the offense really taking off. That's so cool. So what what do you think to uh, to, to the, the point about Cup? Um, the Rams were insistent, and, and you probably liked this for a while, the Rams were insistent on trying to run. Like, they, they yeah. were going to run. And the Bengals did a great job. They said no. Um, and then at some point in time, when push came to shove, Booney, there was a bailout. And the Rams are like, okay, screw it. Cooper right. Cup is our guy. Right. Um. That strikes me as something that a lot of teams wouldn't do. Well, like they couldn't make that adjustment to say because because I think in in the third quarter at one point I'm like use cup more and the Rams yeah. are like not yet not yet we're gonna take, wait yeah take me through the mentality there because that is in my opinion something that these Vikings wouldn't have done like take me through that adjustment and when you say screw it now's the time to uh, unleash cup or in the case of the Vikings. For instance, Justin Jefferson. Like you said, in the third quarter, I think we all saw where they were like, okay, enough of this. We need to put him in gun, and we need to spread these guys out. And that's when they really started to go. And that was what was so cool because there was a big argument all week about has Matt Stafford paid off in the trade? And I, my response was yes. And a lot of people said no because they were like, well, Jared Goff had gotten him there. And my argument was this. There was zero chance, and I'm not even going to fight anybody on this. There was zero chance that that Jared Goff was going to get them to the Super Bowl this year because the year that he went, he rode on Todd Gurley's back. Now, they didn't have that run game this year. What they did have was a quarterback that could say, I can spread you out now. They didn't have that before. Jared Goff was great for, what, 15 throws? And then after that, dude, it started getting sputtery, skittish. He started taking too much pressure, too long. Like, right, he was a good play action guy. And that's why we saw that in the Super Bowl. Because down to the fundamental core of their concrete and their bones, they are a run-first team. We are a run-first play action team 
what does Matt Stafford give us? Gives us the ability to open us up. Hey, we have phenomenal playmakers on the outside. We don't need to use them until we do. But when we do, you saw it in the end of the third and the fourth quarter. That's what happens. We can transition over from a run team and a play action team to, a, okay, well, now you made us do this. Now we're going to force your hand. How are you going to cover us? And some of these plays were early in the game, but there was a snapshot of like, of one of these ones that Declan's going to pull up and it has no writing on it, but it was to show you like, this was the trend for the rest of the game around the middle of the third quarter. This guy right there. This is God, it. Hey, okay. We, we, we're not going to beat our head against the wall anymore. Right. Let's see what you want to do now. How are you really going to play us? And they had to know the Bengals had to know that they were going to get to this because the way that they were selling out in that run game, they were almost 200% sure they were going to stop it. I mean, they had Logan Wilson running through that a gap as hard and as fast as he could every single time. Like they were like, listen, we can't let them hit step one to get to step two we're gonna to have to force them to get all the way to step three and once they were like okay we got you where you we want you well that's when the rams were like nah dude you forgot who we have over here and even without odell beckham jr even without tyler higby like look how good we can be if we just expose who your cornerbacks that's who they've had trouble with all single year like the entire year these guys have looked bad they've just been saved by the fact that they can stop the run and their safeties are incredible they're like the Bills, but they have no cornerbacks, and their middle linebacker isn't as crazy as the Bills is. And that's why this team got as far as they did. I mean, let's be honest. There was times this year where Burrow got them in trouble. Their defense bailed them out, saved them, or their run game saved them. But this game, I mean, Kevin O'Connell was like, listen, we're going to stick to who we are. We're going to try and run the ball as much as we can. We're going to try and play action. We're going to try and get these guys to bite. As soon as they got into the third, they were kind of like, all right, listen, this game's getting really close, and it's getting down to the wire. And we can either stick to this formula right here, and we can beat them off what we think we know, or we can just say, hey, Matt, you go out there and win this for us. You and Cooper Cup, you guys figure this out. And that's what they did. And it was fun because it was a change of pace. And it was like you said, it wasn't like every other offense. It was like, we need to stick to who we are. They were like, hey, we've done this before this season. We've had to go to this five wide before. Let's just go to it now. They, they're not going to have an answer for it. And they did it. And they knew that they weren't going to have an answer. And that's why this was like the trend from the rest of the game on. It was fun to see. And if there's other pictures in here that we can we can look at. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which, let's let's just keep going here. Dude, Blue's on a roll. We're, we're here. It shows you how they try to expose these defenses. And there were, this we're just going to pull some random screenshots so up. This and you, is you talk one, our audience through them. There's a screenshot that shows you where Cooper Cup was before this, right? And Cooper Cup was over here at the top of the screen. And for those that can see, uh, no, one more. Yeah. There, no, one more. This guy. One more. This guy. There it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, he starts yep. up here. Right? We got it. Now, this okay. is Pratt up here on, over on top of him. And he's kind of like, what is going on right now? Right? So he starts to squeeze in. And as, as Cooper Cup starts to go behind Matt Stafford, you can go back to the other one with the stars on it. Deck. Yeah. He starts to come around. Pratt's kind of looking like, what am I doing over here? Because he knows that Trey Hendrickson's dropping. So he's like, wait a minute. <laughs> am I supposed to be going with Cooper Cup? Now, instantly, this offensive play is working. Why? Because you have a defender that has no idea what the hell he's doing or where he's going. He's like, <laughs> we didn't practice this. I don't remember Cooper Cup doing the whole Casper motion thing into something sweet. So as this play develops, right, you got these three guys right here. This was after OBJ was out. You got these three guys right here going on these moves right here. 
we got an in route, we got a post route, and we had a we had a go route. And it was basically to force the defense to do this. As you can see, all these guys with the stars, as soon as Cooper starts to go in motion, they all start talking. The guy closest to the line of scrimmage starts looking at him physically like, dude, what what's going on here? Am I taking coverage or am I taking Cooper? They end up all dropping out, right? So there's a huge void here between Cooper, Cup, and any defender. And on the bottom and the top of the screen here, you have Trey Henderson, who's dropping over here, Pratt, who drops over here. And these three guys end up creating this big triangle. And they all start looking at each other like, no, we're not all supposed to be here. He ends up throwing this bubble here to Cooper Cup, who ends up taking it for like 40 yards because nobody knows what's going on. Yeah. Simple three by one, the same thing that we talked about last week, right? Like, hey, look what you could do with Justin Jefferson. Well, now we just moved him a little farther away. We brought another defender that kind of gets into this what do I do moment in Pratt, right? Like he gets involved because he's supposed to cover Cooper Cup here. And now even if Cooper Cup stays up there and you have Pratt on a linebacker Cooper Cup, dude, pff, stop. stop so it. it's it's pre-snap motions. It's, it's spreading, like literally spreading four and five wide. The other thing, too, you know, just from a you know a casual fan perspective here, the last the Super Bowl game winning drive, and you know to to what the the point Jeb was making earlier, which is at some point they said, all right, OBJ's out, Higby's out, the Super Bowl's on the line, Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup, just go do it, and and on that drive, which I think was like a double digit play drive, I mean they had the ball forever, and you had Cooper Cup taking a jet sweep handoff for a first down at one point to keep the drive alive. He's lined up in the slot at times. He's lined up on the edge. He's in motion. I mean, I just love and then, you know, from a Vikings fan perspective, you see just replace the the words Cooper and Cup with Justin and Jefferson. So dangerous. And right? all the creative ways that they could throw defenses off and 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 get the ball to their best playmaker with a game on the line like that. I mean, but this I, is Oh. This is why it looks so simple, right? Like a, something like this looks so simple, but when you're in a defensive mentality, it's extremely hard because it forces you to make a decision. Are you going to take away the, the the home run, right, from our third tight end who you might not have enough faith in, but good God, if you give him enough space, he'll catch anything, right? Like you're going to have to run with these guys or do you stop Cooper Cup? Because if you get him going, it's like these, it's these decisions that they're making defenses. It's not the simple like, Oh, we're going to pretend to hand it off to the running back and throw the slant. Yes. Like those are over. Those days are done. Unless you have guys <laughs> who are so dangerous on the outside that you're forcing the middle of the field to be completely wide open. Like right here, it's not open. You see Logan Wilson right there over the center. He's going to end up dropping out of this. So it's, it closes quickly. And that's why I say those are done. People have learned to say, Hey, listen, you can beat us anywhere you want. You just can't beat us in the middle of the field. The good defenses are like, you got to beat us on the outside. And if you look, Matt Stafford is one of the, like, all these plays I'm watching, all these touchdowns are where? Back corner of the end zone. Because teams are like, listen, if you're that good, you'll beat us. And unfortunately, there is always a quarterback that is better than your defense. And they found one in Matt Stafford. There's another play that we can go to. Let's see which one you got next. Oh, this guy? Football. This one's this one's great. This one's great. This one was this one was pre-Odell um knee. So this was this was like what they look like all year, right? They, they want to be this team that kind of bunches themselves in this, this offense that forces you to kind of decide how are you going to play zone or how are you going to play man with this tight, tight bunches. And what it is is like two different, three really different route combinations. And you have Cooper Cup and Odell over here in the blue, and they're going to run this crossing route, which is basically going to pick off anybody that's covering them man-to-man. But then up top, you have Van Jefferson running a super skinny post. So it's kind of taking away this corner 
and at the same time, this safety, right? Like I'm drawing away this safety with this skinny post because he has the middle of the field, but at the same time, this cornerback's running with me for a hell of a long time because he has to figure out too what's going on. But then in the middle, you're putting these linebackers in such a bind. And they have to do these two linebacker sets because at times they're not always three by two. They can put a running back in the backfield, and that's also when they love to run the ball. So not only do you get these defenses that are like, man, this could be a seriously long play because this was a catch for like 50 yards for Odell. Mm -hmm. I mean, he just took off with this. But at the same time, you get these running back who is right here at the bottom next to Whitworth, and then you get the tight end up top. They end up chipping, and then they end up running out routes. So you have this huge defense who's all falling back, but at the same time, you're getting help on your tackles and providing space out here on the outside. Like, hey, listen, if everybody drops out, you just hit one of these guys. They're going to make us a good 10-yard chunk. And it's so fun to see that because there's not a lot of teams that love to just empty out the backfield like these guys do. And if you – Kevin O'Connell has the ability to do that here because there's so many playmakers. You could you could put so many variety of, of guys on this field right now and be like, listen, we could change these route concepts. It's just the whole fact that if we just put a running back right next to Matt Stafford, Boy, does that put them in a real pickle? Like, hey, are you gonna are you gonna protect the run here? Or are you gonna protect the pass? Because we're gonna take the top off so fast, you're not gonna know what happens. But at the same time, these two guys right here standing on the Super Bowl logo, they are keyed right now on Delvin Cook on the backfield. So if you're gonna do anything, it's right here. Look at this exact route. You run this all day, people are gonna be like, stop, stop right now. We don't know what to do. Oh, sorry, Judd. I thought you were jumping in there. Oh no no no! There's I, even more. Dude, just mesmerized. Real quick, I, you're talking real, real quick. Is. Here it is. No no no! But back before you get this, this one's on my one. No, you go first. You go first. Go I ahead. get so mad on this because this should have been such a home run. Number one, I want you to look at the defense. Okay. Yes, you only see nine guys. <laughs> this Bengals, is maybe the Bengals should have called timeout. Right? <laughs> I'm like, hey, I'm watching this play several times because I'm like, where is my man in the corner at the bottom? Where is he? And I'm like watching every replay because the all 22 wasn't uploaded when I was doing all this. And finally, I see like he's all the way up here at the numbers. Now, I want you to number one, look at the spacing. Okay. You got guys lined up down here real tight because they already know what's going to happen. Number one, they're not really ready for it because look at this bubble down here. So, oh, yeah. so we have, so for the podcast, audience, we, have, we have, we have trips right. We have a running back in the backfield and then we have, uh, look, is that Van Jefferson out left? We have a receiver out left. I think that was is OBJ. That, that was OBJ. OBJ. That was okay. pre injury. So. Here's where the pickle comes in. Notice how there's three different colors because there's really three different plays going on. And this is where defenses, when you start to go this next level, they realize it. Because like I'm saying, you're only seeing nine guys on this film or ten guys because there's guys that you can't see that are back here. Like, no, it's it's third and 17. We just can't let them get to the sticks, however they're going to do this. But how, how they do this, and I, I feel like they missed this bubble here. They could have really made some hay with Cooper Cup out here on the outside. But they end up handing it off. And look at this box. There's three down linemen and two linebackers. One of them's what, 12 yards away? No, six yards away. This ball right here, like I look at this and I see Dalvin Cook, and I'm like, there's no way a defense is going to load a box like this. And then you look at the spacing up here between OBJ, and you think, my gosh, what if we were to put Justin Jefferson right here? Like this safety is clearly over here for one reason, right? So you know you're super light over here, too. You could run a screen to Thielen. You could run a screen to KJ Osborne. There are so many players that you could run something to over here, and you force these defenses into this. And 
people look at this and they're like, oh, it's a simple handoff, but it's not. It's designed to be something more. And yes, OBJ is supposed to be blocking up here, but that's when all of a sudden these guys start to forget about him, right? Because they're just so used to him coming in and hitting him from the side that that's all of a sudden when you fake this and he just takes off. Or all of a sudden you fake this, you throw this smoke and everybody's out leveraged over here. And you just don't see this. And you see that there was a play before this where uh, Sony Michelle was lined up over here with OBJ in the slot up top. And it's like you, it's a three by two. And then all of a sudden he comes back in motion in here. And it's like you went from one completely different offense to another. And I can't imagine how schematically a defense is looking at that and going, yeah, we're covered because you're never covered. And then you look at the offense here with the Vikings. And it's like I said, you could replace any one of these Rams players with any one of these Vikings players. And it becomes just as deadly. So what, it, what type of what type of decisions to and and I, I mean prompt ones does do you have to basically rely on your quarterback to make here because it does seem like there's a multitude of options and the quarterback's going to be responsible for making the proper decision which by the way might require some risk always there's always risk but there's always reward and like right. I said you hand it off here which is your easiest risk right like. Number one, you have the numbers box that they would probably told him, listen, if you give a five-man box, you run the you run this handoff. It's third and 17, right? I mean, but the problem is I don't really think he saw two just two guys down here, the nickel in the corner over here. Because had he seen that and seen these two guys coming down to block him and Cooper Cup coming around that edge, Cooper Cup with any amount of space is dangerous. And you, that's why I said this requires a lot of thinking. And it's really about how much do you want to accept, right? Like, at the same time, you're looking at this, you know right away, I'm not going to throw this slant or this fade because I see a safety over the top. That eliminates that threat right now. I don't even have to look at that. So now I'm looking down here. How are my numbers down here? Oh, man, I'm juicy. I'm two, I'm two over three. I could throw that. So then it's kind of like a, as you're snapping it, what are you seeing? You're kind of looking out there because there's nothing that really involves the snap, right? You just meant to hold the ball out there. You're either giving it or you're not giving it. You're supposed to be watching. As he's giving this ball, he's supposed to be watching what's happening out here. Did these two defenders right now press through to make this play on the bubble? Or are they just chilling there to see what's going to happen? Are they waiting to see if I'm going to hand it off? Because if they're waiting, I'm throwing. If they've waited, they've been, they've been out leveraged already. My players should have already beaten them. And if we haven't out leveraged them, then that's on us. Like we, I, lo- I love like everything you're talking about is just like, and we can we can pop this off here, Dex. Just and so it's hard. It's hard other, in the moment sold. to think this stuff. But you're you know you're this this offense to me is it's such an attacking matchup like the, you're looking for mismatches you're looking to isolate Always. some of your best players right you're looking for, you're looking to take advantage of of you're 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 applying pressure to the defense and right. some of this is kirk on the record some of this is also just mike zimmer's ethos as you know a defensive minded coach but i feel like the vikings over the past 4 and maybe 8 years have been all about taking what the defense gives you <laughs> and I mean, Kirk Cousins literally wrote a book all about taking what the defense gives you, and check like, down, check down, yeah. you know, when the, this when is the, different. This yes. is, and here's what's so fun too about their checkdowns is their checkdowns are smarter. It's not your average like running back runs through the a gap and breaks that pretends to break out. This is like we're gonna run a detailed swing on a go route. So like you're at the same time a simple, and it's funny because as a player you see it a lot because I saw when the good outlets were like real plays like hey we're going to counter this with this instead of just like hey run a simple m route on this you'll be a late ad but like with them everything's so calculated and that's why sean McVay's the best and uh collinsworth kind of brought it up a lot was he was talking about how 
the adjustments that they make and how he's such a fiend about his own offense, dude, that he's like, everything has to have a purpose to it. And if you listen to Sean McVay and I've talked to guys that have been in his offense and they're like, dude, it is so detailed oriented and so specific that he knows everything about it. He's got his fingerprints on everything. And it's because he wants it to be perfect. And there's no play that's supposed to be, well, we'll just put we'll take a random M route on it. Cause you know, that's, Whatever, laid out, you know, if you get in trouble, you just toss it. It's like, no, listen, we want to tag on a choice route because we're going to run a Dino behind it and we're going to force the safety on the Dino, which puts the corner in the back end. Like, it's, you listen to him talk. And it's like, man, I can't imagine this guy ever turns off because every time he, he like starts talking plays and like starts talking about random plays, he gets really excited. It's like, man, this dude really cares. But you see that transfer down into his coaches and you see a good atmosphere. And that's why I bring up that interception is because there aren't a lot of guys that right away want to go right to the coach and be like, talk to me. What's wrong? Tell me. It's like normally they want to go to the other players and be like, how bad was it? Yeah, but I mean, well, Matthew Stafford like a great relationship led the NFL in picks. I think this he season. had a lot of them, and it's yeah, and it's 18. and I'm not advocating to throw you know 17 or 20 interceptions, but I think I think different I scenario it. though. Uh, that was a lot. A couple of those were when OBJ got there, and I think a lot of that was to try and be like, look what we can do now. But it kind of backfired because mm-hmm. I think four of them were actually against San Francisco to OBJ, and it was them basically just trying to be like, we can take the roof off you, and they were like, no, you can't. Yeah. yeah, it's not like different, like av- avoiding interceptions. You definitely you know you definitely don't want to throw interceptions. But if if you're if you're applying max aggression and you're you're making like there's there was a throw the no look throw that everyone has been circulating on social media, right? I'm sure you saw that, but when you were Matthew Stafford, I'd love to see the your all twenty two breakdown of that at some point. But like he's looking out to the right at a tight end who does some sort of curl route or something, and he's got Cooper Cup. On, an, on, on the outside, coming over the middle, but he needs to move the linebacker five feet. So that I think he I can saw that. Yeah, was it against the Lions? No, this is in the Super Bowl. This oh, is this is on the Bowl. this is on the oh, game winning drive in the Super Bowl. Big pass. And and he's and so he is he is staring down the tight end to his right to move the linebacker so so that the linebacker is is going to hopefully take a couple steps forward. Yeah. And then the linebacker take a couple steps forward. Cooper Cup comes in on the on the top end of the route and basically replaces him. So Stafford keeps his eyes on the tight end while the linebacker moves and throws a no-look pass 15 yards over the middle with the Super Bowl on the line. That pass has a 50% chance of getting picked off. But in that situation, you got to move the ball down the field. Yeah, you got to take some risks, right? Like <laughs> checking checking down to the tight end isn't always it's a far pass. It might make your completion percentage look good, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is. it's Smart. definitely Stafford has a lot of there's a lot of Brett Favre sort of gunslinger tendencies in there. He might derail a game, but he also might, you know, come back in a game that most quarterbacks can't. He so just Boone, proved he could. Hey, Boone, how how much of, of this uh, offense too? and I'll use the term term offensive probing. How much is this done to to especially early in the game? find out what you can and can't do to come back to it. Because it feels to me like like the scripted plays, the, the old school scripted plays where let's script plays, they'll be potentially good. We can go down and score points. And I feel like now with the really bright offensive minds, it's turned to let's feel this thing out as much as possible. The plays might not all work, but they're going to give us incredibly important tells that then can be used to our advantage um in the second half how much of this is based on that and almost trying to push things to see what look you're going to get so that the so that look can be adjusted to 
um, as the game progresses and the play can actually be brought back in some way, shape, or form. Well, I think the one thing that we talked about before, obviously, is that everything is married in their offense. So you never really know if it's run or pass. But, two, you think about last week when we started talking about those plays, <clears throat> how many times we saw guys in different positions. And even this year, like, there was times where Cooper Cup was moved outside and then he would be moved inside and then be moved inside again. And, and a lot of this offense was trying to find the perfect matchups throughout the game. And there were times where they, they missed or they didn't match up well or they probably didn't think it went as well as it did. But they didn't get away from it. They would just move somebody else. You know, there was times where early on in the year, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup were moving around in the slot together trying to find these mismatches between the corner the nickel or the linebacker and then you go to the super bowl and all of a sudden it's the same thing it's like the same six formations but everybody's moving around in them so they always look different and it's kind of like let's find the perfect mismatch and once we do and which it ended up being late was cooper cup versus pretty much anybody eli apple got the worst of it but as soon as they started moving him out and putting him on Eli Apple, that's when all of a sudden these bad things started happening. And it took a lot of the game for them to figure that out. And I think, too, they were really kind of hoping that the run game would kick in. And then all of a sudden it would become a little bit more open through the play-action game. But once they were like, hey, man, we can spread you out, too, and do this, and they start moving a few pieces, it forces the defense to make decisions. How are we going to follow these guys? Are we going to play zone? Are we going to play man? Because there was uh, the OBJ touchdown was a three-by-one set, and they had him on the inside slot. And basically they had Hilton man-to-man, and he was, like, pressed on, which I don't know why the hell you would do that with no help over the top. But he, they ran a simple wheel route. And it's kind of like from before that he was on the opposite side playing the one. And then it's like, hey, let's move him over here and see who what we get and see what we can get against him. And sure enough, they got man, and there you go, simple pitch and catch. It's like it's how these new offenses are working. How can we move guys into different positions to make this a mismatch? If we can get a receiver against a linebacker on a pass, great. If we can get a running back on a cornerback on a run, even better. Like this is how they're trying to keep changing things up. Or if you can get CJ Ham on a swing pass with a with a an elite cornerback oh, covering you, too, that well, could be good too. Oh, here's here's the question with guys like CJ Ham because when you come from the Rams offense, you run eleven personnel like it's every minute. Like what happens to that position? I have to think about that. It makes me sad. It's yeah. probably gone. Oh, <laughs> whoa, Judge! It's probably oh, gone. That man has a family. That man on, has a family, we Judge. Okay, CJ. I'm not concerned about people. Him. I'm concerned no. about personnel. Okay. Now, by the way, uh, a couple plays ago, as, as Alex was diagramming, uh, you diagrammed a skinny post route. Did you know that that post route wasn't always skinny until it found Livia? Oh, show him the picture. Show him the picture. Livia Weight Control Center's Alex wow. Boone is responsible for that. You know what? The guy on the left, I would say he is a... Um, he's a portly fella. A center? <laughs> a center, perhaps? Like, he looks like he's bulked up. The guy on the right, well, that that's your Cooper Cup. I mean, that's your guy who's running the go routes. And that's all thanks to my friends uh, who now give you the opportunity for the I did an eight-week challenge. Get your first eight weeks for free. That's right. In the first eight weeks, I lost 26 pounds. I've now lost 30-plus pounds. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com. Livia, L-I-V-E-A.com. In town or out, if you're outside the metro and you love Booney and you love PD, you know what? Get a consultation via the Zoom. Sign up once a week. You can check in. It's perfect. Livia.com. Uh, hey, we uh, so we did draw some winners to hang out with us this coming Saturday at Surly Brewing Company. We're going to do a tour. We're going to uh, cheers a couple couple beers and cheers to a new era of Vikings football. 
Uh, Suvi George, Steve Graff, Alex Hansen, Luke Pemberton, Alexander Perrine. Keep an eye out in your inboxes for uh, for an email from us, and we'll we'll see you guys on Saturday at mm. Surly. This show is powered in part by our friends at Surly, and uh, we got some some fun things brewing, pun intended, <laughs> on the horizon. Um, all right, every week on on Tuesdays on this show, in addition to Alex Boone just dropping knowledge bombs of football Declan wants someone's ass fired <laughs> all right so uh so Declan the floor is yours who is going to be updating their LinkedIn profile here after this episode oh here we go here we go I'm sorry to make this guy the scapegoat here but he but he deserves to be canned because the poor the, Joe Burrow was doing everything he possibly could this season okay he was hmm. taking an absolute lick taking a beating, still standing in there making throws. He gets his knee twisted. I heard he had a sprain. Rappaport uh, reporting that he has a sprain. No surgery, but he'll have to rehab it. He was getting killed all season long. He's been getting killed, to be honest, from his offensive line his entire NFL career. So I'm sorry to do this to a great San Francisco 49er, Boone, a former San Francisco 49er. Whoa. Whoa. Frank Pollock. Your ass is oh, fired, dude. You're off, the offensive line coach for the Cincinnati Bengals and the run game <laughs> coach. Wow. I'm firing your ass oh, for dude, being putting Joe Burrow in endangerment for the last few years. I know you are still on the doorstep of the Super Bowl, but you got to keep your quarterback healthy, man. So Frank Pollock, update that LinkedIn profile, buddy. You're fired. <laughs> to be Do fair. Do you know him? Do you know no. him? Okay. No. Okay. called Booney. He Aaron played, Donald. Uh, when he turns up, dude, well, yeah. he's another animal. And good luck. Try to warn everybody. I tried to warn everybody about him. Nobody dude, believes. He, me. Okay, when the when the record game, the Bengals tried to sneak a little third down run in there. Like, no, did you see him whatever. just pull that dude back? Like, no, one P-Rag. arm. No, one you're going nowhere. He was like, you go nowhere. <laughs> it was like, wow, one guy stopped that whole play. That's exactly what we used to have to deal with all. So the time. presumably, the Beng- the Bengals spent two weeks preparing for Aaron Donald, right? and it was terrible. And, it was terrible. So uh, I'm sure in your career you've had those moments where like you prep all week, you know this guy's going to be a problem, and then he still becomes a weeks? problem in the game. Could you imagine two weeks sitting there with that in the back of your mind? Oh, you'd be insane. You'd just go mad, and <laughs> it's you're screwed. You just can't. Pre- you can't prepare for a guy like that. You just. You, I'm telling you, you can't. There's nobody you can put over there. We just put defensive ends over there. We'd put them off sides. We would do everything we could to try and get as fast as you could, and it just never worked. Like the dude is just incredible, and you see him turn up now, and it's fun to watch because simple things like beating a guy on the outside you should never get beat on the outside edge by the way like if a guy goes outside as a guard you've won right like it's over there's nowhere to go this guy continuously is just beating these guards outside why because he's like i know the center's on the inside every single time like at one time you saw the center for the Bengals point right at aaron <laughs> and there were times in our career where you said to do that like we're going to him yeah the down guy that's right if you're blitzing go for it we're going to him like you just know where you're going, and he he finally figured it out. And once he did, man, his turn around that corner is so stupid good. Oh, my God. It's so, so what, fun to watch. What's the difference between the really good to great players at his spot and him? Uh, Aaron is <clears> – <throat> he's so calculating. When you get in your stance, like he'll kind of be walking around a little bit, and he's looking at your feet, 
And so then all of a sudden it kind of like start to look up your body a little bit and he'll start to see where you're looking. Like he's looking at you to see where you're looking. So a lot of times if you don't know where you're going in your mind, you're kind of telling him what's going on. Like if I look Mike to outside, he knows it's a pass because I'm looking to see who's coming. If I'm like staring outside clearly, then he thinks it's a run because I'm like, we're either slipping to him or we're chipping to him. Like you kind of always tell where you're going, right? Like you got to see everything. But then if you just kind of look at him, I think those were the times where it was like in your mind, you should just know, like you should have you, like the pre-snap reads went way up because you had to know like his emotion because you're trying to look at him and not show him anything. You're trying to see the linebackers going across and you're like, yeah, I got Because the minute you start to look outside, he's like, bro, I got a good tell because not only that, your stance is telling you everything. Like the dude is so smart, but he is impeccable because he can do this thing with his hands and his feet where they never stop. Like if you ever notice when he goes to double hand swipe people, his feet are continuously moving as his hands are pushing away. It's like the hardest thing because as an old lineman, the one thing that's so hard is like, if I go to shoot my hand and you smack it down, my body naturally shuts down that entire side of the body. Right. Like, and we don't really know why it just, as soon as you push it down, it like shuts you down. And that's why you see so many guys get beat around the outside. That's why you say you can never get beat on your outside hand. Like you should always throw it last but a lot of times these guys are so lazy and stupid they throw it first and with Aaron what they were doing the whole game was they were just two-hand punching him and I told everybody you gotta one-hand this dude you gotta really play into his game but as soon as you go to two-hand he hits that outside you turn right your feet automatically stop he can flip this corner like that and it's 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 over there's a video if you guys get a chance just go to YouTube and just type in Aaron Donald knives he literally like part of his training by the way those are real there's a guy so he's doing this is from like four years ago but it's it's Aaron Donald at some practice field house or something there's an assistant coach literally with two knives one in each hand yeah and he's and he's like trying to stab Aaron Aaron's like hand fighting him he's coming down like this and Aaron's like pushing him away and it's to simulate like when an old lineman goes to punch you you just jab and like that's another thing too. Like when you go to hit a guy normally, even when they go to knock your hands down, it, it stops them too. And that's why I say when his feet continuously go, that's extremely rare. I've only seen it with Aaron. But not only that, he's so quick to like recover back with the other one. And if you watch this video, it's all this hand stuff. And it's exactly what he does. And that's why he's so good. God. Uh, we have like, like a minute left here. Would you uh, – so if if ESPN – so Sean, there's rumblings that Sean McVay, he doesn't – he said he doesn't really want to coach till he's 60. He just got a Super Bowl. He's going to get married. Yeah, I can see him leaving. I mean, if somebody offers him Tony Romo money, Monday Night no. Football, here's $20 million. You're, you're in a bad cap spot. And I already – there are $8 million in the cap right now. You lose OBJ. You lose Von Miller. You're going to lose a lot of guys. You're going to have to start paying guys. You're going to be in a bad situation. I think that, like – Sean or uh, Sean Payton down in the Saints, seventy million in the cap, and you don't even have a quarterback. He was like, "Listen, CBS wants to pay me twenty million dollars. Yeah. I'm on board. I got no problem walking away." And that's why, dude. Now the owners have all the or the coaches have all the leverage because they're going to be like, "Listen, I could be here or I could be there, and I don't have to do anything there, but watch yeah. you guys mess this up." So. <laughs> That's why it's kind of becoming one of these things where now the coaches are going to be like, I don't know if I want to be here anymore. But I I don't want to see Sean McVay leave, but I could definitely – he's made a lot of rumblings like, I need time for family. I need to step away. I need to make sure I have a life that I think that he's getting ready to bounce out of there, especially because you just got your ring. You, you can leave. Yeah. Amazing. There he is. Sad. Right there. Sad. Film connoisseur. Look what the media does, dude. Youth they- hockey coach. <laughs> Alex Boone does He comes it. with pictures. That are marked up. I know. 
Well, I tried to get us video, and everybody was like, dude, it's Super Bowl week. You're not getting any approval for anything. No. <laughs> like, nobody even cares right now. It's Super Bowl week, Booney. I love, so how, I love how Booney comes in and says, Declan, the one with yeah, the stars. One. Yeah. <laughs> that one right there. It's great. What's wrong with It's stars? a Van Gogh, my man. It's a Van Gogh. Great, art. Football art. Um, right. Real quick here, our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company, they're much like a great offensive line. They're trying to protect your business from risks. It's all about maximizing the success of your business through risk management, all kinds of different resources and people that you can tap into at federatedinsurance.com. Remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. And uh, all kinds of St. Thomas hockey and basketball events happening this week. You can find those on Score North Radio. And you can check out full schedules at TommySports.com for ticket information. TommySports.com if you want to see the uh, the brand new Division One men's and women's basketball teams uh, bombing threes. So, hey, 20, great stuff, dude. Quick question real quick before I go. Where does everyone think Tom Brady's going to land? San Francisco. Giselle. Okay. He will not play. You think he's just going to stay retired? Yeah. With Giselle? No. Giselle. He's not retired, dude. Stop it. I think there's a better chance Tom Brady is the 49ers starting quarterback than Trey Lance. They're in a win-now window. Joe Montana came out and said they don't think Trey Lance is ready. Of course he's not ready. He didn't play football for a whole year and he went to a D3 school. What did they expect? Like... Follow the retirement papers. Tom Until Brady those are filed. Definitely not retired. By the way, no one's even nothing. made a big celebration about it. Like one of the greatest players in the history, and everyone's yep. like, okay, just retire in the corner. Come back later. Yep. Back yeah. Later. Just, later. It's his way of breaking up respectfully with right. the Bucks, right? It hey, all right. He's like, I'm, I'm out of here. Gonna, dude. I'm not going to air out any dirty laundry. Right. We want a Super Listen, Bowl, right, whatever. Right. This was not the place for me. I'm out. Deuces. Yeah. And he won a Super Bowl. Yeah. He did what they wanted. Exactly. He was a, like he was a mercenary. A He's, like exactly. He's like the LeBron. He's like the LeBron of the NFL now. He is. Come win us a ring and you can bounce. <laughs> the Vikings <laughs> tried the same exact thing and it darn near worked. I know, man. If I'm Brady, I'm playing till I'm 50 and I'm picking a new one-year one contracts. I'm picking a new team every year. Niners this year, Vikings in a couple years. His, his, you know. his competitive nature outweighs his love for his wife and kids, no, no doubt. <laughs> Guys, he was second no in the league in passing this year, yeah, and nuts. he was second in MVP. You know what? Voting, Those kids will just... grow up fine. They're rich, dude. Yeah, Tom, Tom's not going to be a practice all week, guys. I'm sure it's okay, right? No yeah. one cares. Okay, cool. He needs to well, get didn't, okay. Remember when, when Roger Clemens at the end of his career, he's yeah. like, "So I only want to show up on the day that I pitch," and they're like, "Cool. Here's a million dollars a game. Just right. come on by." He's like, really? Yes. Just do your bullpen sessions at home on your ranch. Tom's Monday. like, listen, Monday to Thursday, I got things to do. I'll be here Friday. Yep. All right, that's Purple Daily. 100%. Daily Vikings Entertainment, Speculation, Alex Boone. Maybe we not. love you. <laughs> no, no, no. We love you.